Welcome to Bad Hasbara, the world's most moral podcast. This is a show where I take a look at the magical world of political propaganda that is coming from Israel, the world's only democracy in the Middle East and the world. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Lieb. How's it going? Very excited to uh, have you guys listening to this brand new show. This is a little side project that I'm doing, mostly because... um, you, if you know me, which I assume you do, because why the hell would you li- be listening right now? Um, you know that I mostly talk about The Sopranos and The Wire and uh, movies and whatever my podcast co-host Vince Mancini is uh, talking about that week. And I decided that like rather than kind of like taking up a huge portion of the broadcast, me just ranting about Israel, uh, I felt like it would be better for me to just kind of like do a weekly update podcast, weekly or bi-week, I don't know, it depends how many times I feel like doing this a week. I got a lot of shit. I got a fucking baby. I got a fucking, you know, wife. Uh, I got other podcasts and stuff, but um, semi-regularly keeping people who are interested abreast of what's going on with Israel's latest incursion into Gaza, which uh, is something that I think um, we should all be keeping an eye on uh, personally. And I think more and more people are interested in keeping an eye on it because for the first time in my lifetime, people are like, seems weird, seems strange. And the justifications for it seem like bullshit, which is, is heartwarming to me as someone who's talked about this a lot for a very long time. Uh, So what is Hasbara, you're probably asking. Uh, Hasbara is a Hebrew word. Uh, It uh, loosely means shit that I just made up to explain why that thing you saw isn't actually what you saw, and what you actually saw was this other good thing. Now go to sleep, little boy. You're tired. Honshu, honshu. It is, uh, in short, propaganda. Uh, It's PR. It's narrative control. Uh, It's Hasbara. But specifically, bad Hasbara. Uh, Like, right now, I gotta say, I've never seen such out-of-touch Hasbara. I mean, I'm talking about shit like, uh, you know, killing thousands of people, and then a couple days later having someone in the IDF and is full-on fatigues and a tank holding up a gay flag. Something like that maybe might have worked, I don't know, post 9-11, the 90s, something like that. But uh, for the first time ever, I'm like, oh, the PR people are asleep at the wheel. Clearly, uh, maybe they've just gotten so used to decades of acting with impunity, decades of their leaders having a get out of the Hague free card. uh, They've realized, you know, they've gotten lazy. They've stopped kind of keeping up with the... whether it's social media or whether it's Western sentiment, I don't know, but they are clearly not in control of the narrative the way they used to be. And uh, me, personally, I believe that's a good thing because uh, a lot of lies happen, and uh, I like to explore those lies because they're very funny. Now, they're also very sad. I understand for a lot of people listening 
you know, this is also an incredibly tragic thing. And it is to me, too. Um, but I think it's also important in this time of sadness to uh, to remember that there are people out there in Israel who uh, think they are doing a modern 2015 style BuzzFeed identity politics correctly. And uh, that is just very, very funny to me. I mean, it's it's great. I, listen, a lot of really funny shit has come out of this tragedy, mostly on the propaganda angle. Like you guys, you guys remember, I don't know, like uh, there was the rap music video that they made where the guy, uh, the Israeli guy was like, we're going to kill Dua Lipa. That was fun. Or, uh, you know, a Israeli representative trying to explain away an Abu Ghraib by being like, oh, no, no, they're just naked because it's hot in the desert. First of all, remember, it's the Middle East and it's warmer here. And, and uh, especially during the day when it's sunny, it's, it's uh, to be asked to take off your shirt. It might not be pleasant, but it's not the end of the world. Uh, you know, or like a day that we spent arguing about Israeli salad, like shit like that to me. Mm, that's that's that good shit. That's that shit I love. And that's the shit I've been following for a long time. So if you uh, are not familiar with me, uh, hi, I'm Matt Lieb. Uh, I am a uh, secular uh, anti-Zionist Jew who uh, basically grew up with no religion, but believing that uh, Israel was the place that uh, we would go um, when eventually um, the Nazis came back in power. And so I uh, grew up with kind of, uh, I would say, like a, a vague generalized Zionism where it was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, Israel, the place, that's the place to go. That's that's our land. And, uh, you know, it really wasn't until like years later that uh, slowly, piece by piece, the narrative of, you know, Israel as the savior of Jews started kind of being pulled down. Um, the more I learned, the more I was like, oh, this is... Uh, this is strange. And, you know, as a result, eventually, you know, I kind of came to the conclusion like, oh, shit, I think Israel uh, might be uh, bad. I feel like they might be uh, doing apartheid. And I, I, I knew that. I was like, apartheid's for sure bad because I've seen movies about that. And movies usually, that's how I know what's bad. Um, and then, you know, as I kind of like grew up and like started realizing sort of like the veil started kind of lifting i um started getting more and more angry at the idea that uh people were being uh punished and uh you know like smeared as anti-semites um for talking about it uh at all uh in any kind of negative light and uh the more that that happened the more i realized that it was like i don't know part of um you know, one of those like instances where I went like, oh yeah, this is something that I can speak on and have at least somewhat, uh, like be taken somewhat in good faith because of the fact that I'm, I, I'm clearly, I am not advocating for the death of my own people, <laughs> my own family, uh, and whatnot. Whereas like, uh, you know, and in, in general people who are, especially in this country who are uh, not just not Jewish, but if you're uh, black, if you're brown, if you're an immigrant, uh, you know, you're uh, very quickly it is smeared as an anti-Semite if you uh, talk about 
this at all. Um, and so I realized that, you know, this is something that uh, needs to be talked about. And uh, if I can do it, then uh, why not? I'm going to do it. Uh, some people don't want to talk about it because they're afraid. But uh, here's the thing. I already don't have an agent. So I'll be fine. Uh, yeah. So this podcast is going to be a series of conversations with some uh, Jewish and Palestinian homies and activists and comedians and journalists and smart people. And, you know, uh, we're going to follow what's going on with Gaza. Uh, we're going to follow all of the uh, PR, all of the uh, narrative control that's happening. And uh, just in general, we're going to, uh, you know, talk shit and um, have like a cathartic good time. Uh, and, of course, if that's something that you are like, oh, I would like that. This is a podcast for you, dog. Um, yeah, this was supposed to be just kind of like, uh, I was going to like record a trailer, but uh, the runtime is a bit longer than a podcast trailer. So um, I guess I'll give you an example of why I've been interested in uh, Israeli propaganda for so many years. Like for me, where it all happened was when I went on Birthright. Uh, if you don't know what Birthright is, uh, Birthright is uh, a uh, basically a paid vacation, a free vacation for uh, young Jews to go to Israel and uh, see the land for themselves. And they feed you and they show you, you know, like, look, uh, people are singing camp songs and look, it's a Jew, it's a Jewish nation. It's a propaganda trip uh, in an apartheid state. Um, it's a Jewish breeding program as well. They really want you to fuck and they make that pretty fucking explicit, which is weird. But also when you're horny, it's pretty cool. Um, but my trip was interesting cause I came in knowing that, uh, you know, something was up cause I, I didn't go till I was like 26 years old. And, uh, so at 26, you know, I had been through college and I'd had a little bit of an awakening around Palestine, but not enough to be like, you know, boycotting going on birthright. Um, I mean, listen, it's a free trip. What the fuck am I going to turn out a free trip? Fuck that. Nah, I like free. Um, and uh, so I'll tell you about some things that happened there. Well, the first is, and this is something that I do on stage uh, is a, as a stand-up comedian. I do stand-up. Uh, and uh, I tell this joke, but I'll tell you like the actual story behind it. But uh, the first thing that happened was uh, they told us to uh, uh, that they're going to interview us at the airport uh, like Israeli security is like going to give you like a brief interview they're gonna ask you some questions they say don't joke around with them don't lie to them they'll know just like be straight these are like the smartest uh, like human lie detectors um, you know these guys deal with terrorists all day so you know freaking don't you know just be honest with them and um, so they started asking me some questions when I got to uh, the airport and I got to the like El Al terminal and uh they asked me um, at one point, what's the last Jewish holiday you celebrated? And I said, Kwanzaa, because uh, I'm hilarious, because they both got candles. Uh, didn't get a laugh. Uh, and in fact, what ended up happening was uh, everyone else got to board the plane, uh, except for me, uh, except for me and this other kid um, who was held back uh, uh, because he looked Arab. <laughs> and uh, at the time, I was like, it feels like he's the most Arab looking of all of us and that's why they're doing it. But I give him benefit of the doubt. Maybe, maybe he said some shit too. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, so eventually uh, some Israeli security guards came up to me and... Uh, we found the writings against Israel, writings in Arabic. This is true, he actually said this to me. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know how to write in Arabic and I've not written against Israel <laughs> since college. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he goes in my backpack and he pulls out my comedy notebook, which is the scariest thing that a law enforcement officer can read. Because the shit we write in our notebooks are not meant to be seen by anyone else. It's just a bunch of out-of-context set lists. It just says, sucking my own dick, fucking a fish, coming on the food bed. Like, it just... It looks like a really fucked up to-do list if you don't know what you're looking at. So it's like, holy shit, what did he read? And he points, he goes, right here you wrote Allahu Akbar. And I actually had written the phrase Allahu Akbar. I was like, holy shit. This is a hilarious misunderstanding. Um, I am a comedian. Uh, this is just a joke notebook. It's just I write jokes. You know, I've been doing it for a year now. I'm pretty fucking good at it. Um, but I'm not actually saying it. It's just a joke. He's like, Allahu Akbar is not a joke. How is that a joke? And it was at that point when I realized I'll have to do my joke <laughs> for Israeli security in order to prove my innocence, which is the greatest comedy open mic I've ever been to in my fucking life. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. I got a joke, you got a gun. So I do the joke for him. I'm like, okay, well, it works better in a club, but I guess we'll do it here. Uh, Allahu Akbar in Arabic literally translates to God is great. Allah, God, Akbar, great. But not so much great as an awesome. It's more great as in big, as in expansive, as in everywhere, almost as in fat. So when I hear someone exclaim, Allahu Akbar, as a comedian, I want to shout back, how Akbar is he? And I would love it if he responded like it's deaf comedy jam, like, Allahu so Akbar! Allahu so motherfucking Akbar that when he sits around the mosque, he sits around the mosque. Salam, salam. Beep, 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 beep. La ilaha illa Allah. Beep, beep, beep. Muhammad Rasulullah. Beep, beep. That was a reggae horn for those of you who don't. Which deaf comedy jam. So I did the joke for him and fucking nothing. Completely stone faced, and I was like, kind of mad. I was like, well, I'm still workshopping it. It's not done yet, so don't. Fucking judge it. He just looks at me and goes, wow, don't quit your day job. <laughs> that is the worst I've ever seen anyone bomb. And I've literally seen people being bombed. Shalom, shalom, pew, pew, pew. Then he did the reggae horn and then we both spun like dreidels and entered the holy land. All right, guys, I've been mad. Now how that actually ends is I did that joke for him, bombed. And then uh, they just let me on the plane, um, which is it was much worse. I would have rather spun like a dreidel and entered the Holy Land. That would have been cool. Um, but uh, I remember, you know, I've been doing, you know, talking about doing that story for a while, and uh, like the, that was the first sign that there was something uh, weird with the Middle East's only democracy was that uh, the way he described the phrase "Allahu Akbar" was. Uh, a writing against Israel. Um, and, uh, you know, at the time I kind of like glossed over it, but then I was, I was, I was like been thinking about it for like years and years, you know, talking about doing the story. It is wild that, <laughs> that in a nation that purports to be this like liberal democracy and liberal democracies are of course, one of the many tenants is uh, religious freedom. 
that uh, a Arabic phrase, a religious phrase, a Muslim phrase, would be considered against Israel. And so um, that was a weird that was a weird moment. Um, in general, the trip was kind of eye-opening for me as a um, total, full, immersive Hasbara experience. Um, because one of the things they were playing on was uh, basically your up bringing as a Jew culturally. Um, so like we're talking about people singing camp songs, like as someone who, you know, grew up secular, I was surprised how much it affected me because these were all songs that I knew because I went to Jewish camp. I was a Jewish camp counselor. And, uh, I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is like, it was, it was affecting me, but it was also set off some flags because i remember uh when we were in jerusalem uh seeing like groups and groups of uh jews and young jews and people who uh, they may have been on one of the taglit tours the birthright tours or they i don't i don't know what but they were singing these songs that i knew from my childhood and i was like no fucking way they made a whole country that sings the same camp songs I do in West Los Angeles. Like that, I don't, like, it just felt very like, you're trying to sell me a timeshare. And uh, and that was kind of the trip, you know, it was playing on a lot of emotions and it was playing on um, a lot of like, you know, uh, traumas, uh, Jewish traumas, a lot of fears that we have about the rest of the world and how they view us um, and how we're never safe and how we can only be safe among amongst each other, which is, you know, very effective when you grow up thinking that and you go to a place that the state's line is essentially, yes, you're right to be paranoid. Um, but it was also, a, you know, beautiful because, it, you know, there is thousands of years of Jewish history that does exist in the land of Palestine. And uh, so you you are seeing that. And it is effective for, for uh, you know, I think any Jewish person. Um, but there were other moments that really, like, brought it home. Like, one was <laughs> we were on our way up to, I think, Haifa, which is in the north of Israel. And uh, we stopped off. Our bus was getting gas. And they, they explicitly said... You know, go, you know, go into the gas station, like the, the store, you know, the AMPM, but in, in uh, Hebrew. Uh, and, you know, I, I talk to people, ask them, you know, what's it like in Israel and stuff? And I was like, oh, okay. So uh, get there and buying some, you know, Israeli candy or whatever. And I'm at the counter and I was, you know, uh, the guy at the checkout, um, you know, was standing there and I was like, so... You know, he was a young guy, you know, he was probably like in his 30s. Um, he looked approachable, a uh, brown guy, I assumed like Arab, maybe uh, Mizrahi Jewish, I don't know. And uh, I go, uh, so uh, you live uh, in Israel? So wh what is it like here? And, you know, he spoke perfect English. And he goes, uh, well, I'm a gay Palestinian. And um, you can't be gay. Uh, in Gaza, you can't be gay in the West Bank. Like in any Arab state, I would be dead. So for me, Israel has been a safe haven, not just, you know, for as someone, you know, living in a democracy, but as for someone who's gay, you know, it's a safe haven 
to anyone in the Middle East who is uh, being oppressed. And um, and I was like, uh, no fucking way. No, nah. No normal person enters into any conversation with, so I'm a gay Palestinian. It was just, it was so uh, salesman-y. I was like, this is, no, no, no. You, any other place you would go, if I were to talk to a young guy and he happened to even speak English, you know, in a foreign country in the Middle East, and I was like, so what is it like living here? Their answer would be, are you buying or are you not buying? Like what? I don't need. What is this? This is not. This is not a fucking meet and greet. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here because I don't leave until four. Why? Why would you? There, there was just. It was just so clearly. I don't want to say a plant, but it was so clearly. It was just felt very North Korean. You know what I mean? Like at least, or at least what uh, the media says. North Korean uh, propaganda is, you know, go there and, you know, everyone's just like, we love it here. Um, of course, at this point, I'm like, what if everything they're saying about North Korea is a lie? I don't know. doesn't matter. I'm not going that far because there's only so much I can get into uh, breaking down Western media narratives before you end up just a fucking crazy person at a bus stop just being like, the moon landing's fake. But... For me, that was like such a clear moment of like, oh man, this is a really well thought out trip, you know? Um, and uh, of course, subsequently, obviously, if, you know, uh, as I gotten more and more uh, into the kind of the activist space around uh, Palestinian uh, freedom, uh, I've met a bunch of gay uh, Palestinians and uh, none of them are like, you know, the one good thing about Israel <laughs> is that they wouldn't kill me for being gay. Yeah, they would just kill them for being fucking Arab Muslims. <laughs> you know, it's just like this is, uh, uh, you know, the, the identity politics there, politics there are a little um, heavy handed, a little on the nose and uh, a little bit tone deaf, which is a lot of what this show is going to be about. Uh, last thought. Uh, about my uh, trip to uh, my birthright trip uh, that I got to go because I was born with a sufficient amount of Jewish blood in order to kick a Palestinian family off their land. Um, so the trip ended with this giant uh, like arena party. It was like at an arena, like maybe 20,000 seats. I don't know, uh, maybe 10. I don't know. I can't, I didn't count. Um, and there's all sorts of like, you know, uh, acts, just, just different. There's speakers, there's rappers. My favorite was uh, this like duo of Israeli rappers who were, you know, like singing a song in which they were talking about all the shit that Israelis have invented. They were like, you know, we invented the cherry tomato and, you know, we made ways. <laughs> we we did the first uh, heart stent and like shit like that where you're just like, cool, <laughs> okay, <laughs> like good. I don't know what to tell you. Um, it was just an interesting song to, for like a hip hop song, you know, like uh, just bragging i mean i guess that's you know a lot of hip-hop is bragging about what kind of car you got you know what kind of ladies you have in israel it's like here's a list of our startups 
cool. Um, and so, you know, we're watching this and it's like getting more and more ridiculous. It's very much feels like a, uh, a corporate um, mega event where you get all the branches from, you know, this giant corporation together. And then, uh, you know, after, you know, some overpaid rappers and some like, you know, shitty catering and like uh, just, um, you know, you see the vice, the the executive vice president giving like a, a speech talking about all the, you know, great achievements of the uh, company and how, you know, this year we made the most money that we've ever had in Q3, you know, um, it ended with uh, the speaker, the last speaker was the CEO of Israel, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, literally BB himself came out to thunderous applause because, you know, big surprise for all the 20-something American kiddos to see the prime minister of Israel come out and uh, and give a speech. And it was like the speech was just like, welcome home. Are you going to come here? You're going to, you know, meet a nice boy? Are you going to make some baby? We need your babies. And so, like, leaving aside how fucking weird it was for the Prime Minister of Israel to uh, talk about us fucking, um, which is it just so incredibly weird. Um, what really, like, blew my mind was I was like, the fucking Prime Minister of Israel, the main guy, is going to be the headliner speaker for a group of American children. Because we were children. I mean, I was like the oldest one on my trip at 26, which is, I think, the cutoff age. But there were like fucking 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds. Like, we're talking young youngsters and American youngsters. And just it made me realize in that moment how fucking important Jewish American youth is to the Israeli project. Like we are so important that they are going to whine us and dine us for like 11 days, 14 days. I forget how long. It was a long time. They're going to whine us and dine us. They're going to like encourage us to like fuck. They're going to they're going to give us some of the best Israeli food that I, I've ever had. Like just amazing. I, I, didn't, I was like wow, this food is incredible. We're smoking hookah. We're going to fucking Tel Aviv. You know, people are wearing capri pants and talking about taking TCB. Um, and like fucking, it was, it was insane to cap it off uh, with literally Benjamin Netanyahu, like being like, did you like it? Well, there's more where that came from. All you have to do is uproot and move to your ancient homeland. And it was eye-opening because I just realized I was just like, this is, I mean, I knew it was a propaganda trip, but I didn't know how important it was for the Zionist project of, you know, expanding the, uh, the population of Israel, because it's just the whole project around uh, Zionism is 
about holding a demographic majority. And that demographic majority is hard to keep going, uh, given like, I guess the birth rates of Jews. We don't have a lot of babies. I don't know. Mostly it's like, they just talk about how like the Arabs have too many babies. It's like real weird racist shit mirrors a lot of some of the racist shit we say here in the United States vis-a-vis like, uh, Latin American immigrants. They have too many babies. This place is going to be Mexico. Are you going to be Mexico? Uh, it's the same thing except for a lot more genocidal. Um, but just like realizing that like the support of American Jewry to Israel was just so key to the continuing um, project that they would have literally Benjamin Netanyahu come out and tell us to fuck. I was like, this is, uh, this is bad. And this is weird. And this feels like a cult. And it was for the first time that I started viewing the entire, you know, um, project of Zionism as like, oh, this is culty. This is like, this is something, this is, it's not like religion. You know, religion, of course, can be similar to cult in many ways, depending on how fundamentalist and how extreme it is. Um, But this is a different thing. Because this is not just about, you know, praising God or like believing. It, it, it's about it's about being together to hold up this false narrative and all supporting each other on this false narrative of, um, you know, whether it's like uh, victimhood of Israeli victimhood or uh, even like just general Jewish fear and trauma and playing on that and separating you from your family and and separating you from the place you grew up and just saying like, no, 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 no. All those people, they never liked you anyways. Here, we love you. Come here. Look at all these soldiers. Look at how hot they are. Some put take their titties out. Here, we wear bathing suits, fucking bikinis, you know? Talking about hot babes, you know? And like hot Israeli men, you know, with the, with the strong muscles. They're only like 5'2", but they're hot. And uh, yeah, so it just like, it's a cult feeling, you know? It felt like half sex cult, half timeshare, you know, half, uh, well, there can't be three halves, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, a, it's a timeshare mixed with a sex cult, uh, mixed with like trying to sell us NFTs and, uh, you know, just realizing that this whole thing is built on making you believe this narrative about your connection to this land being so important that, you know, you got to allow Israel to do what it's got to do. You know, you got to allow it to, uh, do ethnic cleansing. You got to allow it to finish the project of ethnic cleansing that was left unfinished in 1948 and unfinished even after 67 when they started the occupation of the West Bank and of the Gaza Strip, you know, Uh, like this is all for that. The whole thing, you know, the feeding me, the, you know, making me milk a cow at the kibbutz, the, you know, having every soldier who was with us on the trip be like super hot that's just so beautiful like all of it is just meant 
to allow you to either it like either to have you move there or to have you come back and go like I've seen this place for myself. You know. No, I haven't seen Hebron. No, I haven't seen Gaza City. I don't need to see those places. But I've seen Jerusalem. I've seen the Masada. I've seen Tel Aviv. You know? I've seen a gay man taking 2CB and having his dick sucked right there at Ben Gurion Airport. I didn't see that, but you know what I'm saying. And, and I know it's it's okay. It's good. You know, what they say are lies. Everything everyone else says is lies. Everything that they say is the truth. That shit to me is too much. That shit to me is like something that I, I am... Uh, I'm against. I'm vehemently against. Uh, for a multitude of reasons, which we will get into once this podcast starts. Uh, you know, this is just... Uh, this is not even episode one. I, this is like episode, you know, point... One, you know, this is just me kind of uh, wanting to put something out and just say, hey, I'm going to do this thing. If you want to listen to it, you can. If you don't, I don't don't give a shit. Like probably very few people are going to listen to this anyways. It doesn't really matter to me. To me, the point is, is that I like to have these conversations with the homies and uh, I like uh, that it's cathartic for us. And uh, sometimes, maybe not this time specifically, but sometimes uh, we say something funny and uh I think it's going to be important to um, important for my mental health to try to not compartmentalize, but to try to like get a lot of this stuff out um, and to, uh, I think, enlighten some of the audience to like, listen, I've been talking about this shit for a long time and I've been uh, reading about this shit for a long time. And uh, I know that a lot of people feel uneducated around this stuff. And I don't want you to um, constantly feel that way. So a lot of this podcast is also going to be telling you, giving you a little bit of education, giving you a little bit of context outside of the kind of like regular ass 24-hour news network media narratives, Um, not just about what's going on now, but also about the past and kind of like the various lies they tell about, um, you know, uh, where they just kind of repeat the Israeli talking point, you know, from you know, the uh, Oslo Accords and how, you know, uh, we gave Palestinians a state and they rejected it to, uh, you know, we don't even occupy Gaza because we left in 2005, you know, and it was so sad. And we watched as they kicked the settlers out of Gaza. And what do they do with it? What do they do? You know, like all this bullshit. And right now you're like, I, I, I would like to get into why those are bullshit, but just because this is Point five, point one. This is the first half episode. I can't get into all of it right now. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, like just I want people to learn a little bit more uh, about it because I feel like a lot of people, if they learned more and they felt a little more confident in like what they do know about it, they would feel a little bit more confident about looking with their eyes at what they're seeing and going like, yeah, that is wrong. I was right. I knew it was right. I knew that killing kids was a bad thing. I knew it, but I wasn't sure. (laughs) I wasn't sure because whenever they would kill a bunch of kids and I would see it on the internet, there would always be someone who would say like, you know, uh, no, but you're Hamas if you think that's sad. And I started going, oh shit, maybe... Maybe I'm not educated enough to know why it's okay to kill all those children. Uh, 
there's probably a good reason. I just don't know because I'm stupid. Um, you're not stupid. Uh, you're probably, I mean, if you're a listener to any of my other dumbass podcasts, you're only a little stupid, but you're actually a lot smarter than most podcast listeners because you're beautiful and I love you. Um, so yeah, I, I want, I, I, you know, I'm going to be talking about, you know, uh, different segments uh, that will include kind of like uh, other than updates of what's going on in Gaza. We're going to talk about the different Hasbaras that we have, uh, you know, that are really having a moment right now. You know, we got uh, Rabbi Shmuley Botich. Uh, I got to I got <laughs> to figure out actually how to pronounce his last name. I can't imagine it's actually pronounced Botich, but that's how it's spelled. Uh, John Podhoritz, Dennis Prager, uh, I mean, uh, Hen Mazig, like these guys, you will, you will hear all about these wonderful, wonderful Hasbaras who are uh, just filled with uh, such beautiful, beautiful talking points. Uh, Richie Torres, of course. Um, and then, you know, we'll also get into some, uh, you know, some Israeli history, some kind of like uh, maybe recontextualization of uh, exactly uh, you know, what happened in these, uh, various talking points that people bring up. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then just kind of, uh, see how the Western media, um, continues to spin it and see the moments in which they don't, because a lot more of that has been happening recently. And it's been pretty great to watch. So follow this show, listen to it, uh, you know, subscribe now. Um, we're going to be putting out episodes, um, of course, on the regular, like uh, on the broadcast feed uh, for everyone who wants everything all in one place. Go to patreon.com slash broadcast and, you know, sign up and, and pay and you get everything. Five dollars or more. You get ev all the episodes of every show that we do. Um, uh, or you can sign up for free uh, and you still get this show. Uh, or you can just subscribe on whatever podcast app you have. Uh, Bad Has Barra, the world's most moral podcast. Please listen was us. and enjoy. Push-ups was us. Krav Maga us. All karate us. Taking Molly us. Michael Jackson us. Yamaha keyboards us. Jar Jar Binks not us. Andor was us. Heath Ledger Joker us. Endless Red Success. Shit.